0: Greetings in the precious name of the Lord Jesus again this day. Thank you and welcome to all that have come. <clears throat> and thank you to all who have shared this service so far. noticing this morning that it seems like the uh, beauty of fall is starting to wane. Winter is just around the corner, but that's okay, I think. You ever stop and think about how would you have... What would you have created if you'd had the power to do the creation? You know, everything has such an order. Every season has its own beauty. And the dislikes about the one season make us welcome the next. And uh, God is an amazing God. <clears throat> this morning... Um, <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> I'm going to um, share a message titled "The Responsibility of a Deacon." Uh, we we are pondering and praying as a brotherhood here that uh, with a plan to call a brother to the responsibility of a deacon sometime, Lord willing, possibly in January, and also I was um, asked whether I would consider to share some messages in the congregation in Leamington, Ontario regarding ordination as well preparing the congregation or giving some teachings on ordination of both deacon and elder there, which turned my thoughts more that direction as well, and uh, so this morning I'm going to prep us a bit as a congregation in that subject the responsibility of a deacon. Perhaps we could just take a moment and pray. Maybe if you're able, stand with me. Heavenly Father, we, we come in Jesus' name. We're thankful this morning for this service, this opportunity we have to gather. Thankful for all that are here, and also for those who are not here, who would have a desire to be here, we pray for them and ask that you would bless and meet their needs today. And Father, as we again look into the Word, you know your plans for us. Father, even as a congregation, you already know your plans for us, and we're uh, here striving and endeavoring to discern your plan, and to uh, fall in step with you in that. And so we ask you to continue to guide us, guide our thoughts uh, as we look into the Scripture. Speak to us uh, regarding today, regarding the subject of the responsibility of a deacon. The Scriptures clearly bear out this uh, office in in your church, and... uh, we desire to have its active function among us, and we ask you, Father, as you are preparing a brother for this, we ask you to give us uh, discernment and understanding uh, and uh, and that uh, we would indeed uh, discern your will and and uh, fall in step with your plan. <clears throat> So bless this hour, Father, we pray may the uh, things that I say be according to your word and not according to my own understanding. And Father, uh give your holy spirit, give utterance to your servant and uh guide us, Father, as we continue to pray and ponder. Commit this time to you, Father, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. <coughs> you may be seated. <coughs> All right. We'll begin this morning in Philippians chapter one. The uh, you know the term deacon or deacons is actually not used real frequently in the Bible, um, but uh, there are a few places where that oh, it's not used. I'm going to say. Let me say it this way: it's not used. It's not the the Greek word uh, diakonos is not translated deacon very frequently, but uh, it is translated into some other words. But we do have it here in Philippians 1 verse one, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. <clears throat> so there we have it. Uh Paul in writing this uh this letter, he addresses it to the saints and then he makes specific mention of the the bishops and deacons. Uh, it's the only letter that he addresses that way. Indicates uh along with other scriptures as we will look at it today, but indicates the two different uh, leadership responsibilities that were present in the church at Philippi were active there. Um, and it might be of interest to to look back just briefly into the book of Acts and uh, just note the birth of the church at Philippi. And... Uh, And also see perhaps how many years might have uh, transpired between the time of the birth of the church and the time of the writing of this letter. And to see that uh, the church obviously was uh, a a mature church with a a, uh, full uh, leadership team in place. In Acts chapter 16, we have the birth of the, of the church at Philippi. If we begin in verse 12, uh, Paul is on a missionary journey here, preaching in various, uh, towns and, and, uh, In fact, in this particular situation, Paul had a vision in verse 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And then we jump over to verse 12, And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days. So, Philippi was a, a... he says a chief city. I don't know if we would call it a capital city, but it was an important city uh, in of that area. And they abode there certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And she was baptized in her household, and she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by sooth saying, The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus, to come out of her, and and he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that their hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans." And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks? And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew his, out his sword would, and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and they that were, and to, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And I'm going to stop there, but there we have uh, that scripture gives us the birth of the church at Philippi. Um, just a bit different than uh, the birth of many a church in our day, I suppose, at least in our part of the world. Um, quite a, uh, quite an experience. We have the, the uh, lady there, the, the, Woman named Lydia as at least the first, uh, particular believer that is mentioned in that, in the area there. And then of course, uh, the jailer and his household, which we don't know how many of that was. But nonetheless, we have a church birthed here and, uh, a New Testament church is born, and the time of that is approximately 51 to 52 A.D. Um, when uh, Paul and Silas were there preaching and uh, teaching. And then the time of the writing of this letter uh, of Philippians, that we just read uh, verse 1, the time of that writing was... Uh, approximately A.D. 63, which is 11 years later. So, in those 11 years, we have a healthy, thriving church, uh, which I would say, well, there's there's a lot of evidence. If you read the book of Philippians, there's uh, a lot of evidence of a healthy church uh, and just the fact that there was a solid... Leadership team that Paul specifically addresses in his letter uh, gives indication to that as well. So there we have one of the scriptures that clearly lay out the uh, the, the office of bishop and deacon. We don't use that term bishop so much, um, probably because we are reacting a little bit from our Background: Some of us, where it was uh, used a lot, or it was a a. Uh, but the the term actually means elder. Um, so, anyhow, uh, then I'd like to uh, give a little definition to the title to the title deacon. Um, and if we. If we look at the qualifications that Timothy, uh, that Paul gave in Timothy, we discover it, it may help us some in giving definition. Um, again, you know, again, it highlights the fact that, uh, as he gives those qualifications in chapter three of first Timothy, he, he gives the qualifications of a bishop, which we uh, generally use the word elder here and the qualifications of a, of a deacon which again give us uh, those two two different uh, responsibilities that uh, offices places of responsibility that the church had in place in that day uh when paul and when paul gives these qualifications in in uh, Timothy there is no question at all about he gives no explanation. In other words, it's under it's an understood thing in there in the church life at that point that you have the office of an elder bishop, you have the office of deacons, and he doesn't need to explain why you ha- why you should have deacons because it's clear that it's an understood office just by the way he candidly goes into the qualifications and never gives any. Uh, explanation of of why why he's giving those uh, qualifications or why he highlights on a deacon. So it's it's an office that was at that time an established office in the church and uh, there was no need to explain it at all, but rather to set forth uh, qualifications as he does And I think I'll just read that, though I'm not here today to talk about qualifications, but I'm going to read it anyhow. Uh, So in chapter 3, he gives the first number of verses, he gives the qualifications of a bishop, and then he gives, in verse 8, he begins uh, with the qualifications of a deacon. He continues his thought by using the word likewise, likewise. Likewise must the deacon be grave, not double-tongued, not given too much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience, and let these also first be proved, that they may, let these also first be proved, then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things let the deacon let the deacons be the husband of one wife ruling their children and their own houses well for they that have used or we could say exercised the office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Jesus, in Christ Jesus these things i write unto thee hoping to come unto thee shortly and I'm going to stop there. Uh, it was of interest to me th- that last verse for they that have exercised the office of a deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, in a way, he almost lifts that office or he gives it a a. Uh, Almost, we tend to—I don't know if it's even right that we do it—but I think we tend to kind of put the elders' office here and the deacon's office here. I—I uh, don't—I don't know that it's right that we kind of have that mentality. But he actually almost puts it the other way in his in that statement there that that the the deacon, having used his office well, having exercised himself well in that office. Purchase to themselves a good degree, and I, you know, I don't know exactly what that all means, but he has something in mind when he wrote it, and and he's giving some, uh, giving, saying some things of value concerning the office and 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 one who is faithful in it. So the the word diaconus and its uh, translation or its uh, definition. Thayer's gives this definition. It's one who executes the commandments of another, especially of a master or a servant or an attendant or a minister. Uh, and they're basically giving a number of different connotations in where the word is used. Uh, it could be used as uh, the, the servant of a king uh, and also that of a deacon, one who by virtue of the office assigned to him by the church cares for the poor has charge of and distributes the money collected for their use uh it has the idea of a waiter uh one who serves food and drink one a waiter of tables like i said it's only translated uh, deacon three times it's actually translated minister 14 times in the new testament that word uh diaconus uh, it is translated m- uh, minister 14 times, ministers 6 times, it's translated servant 4 times, and there's a few other random translations um, that it has. <clears throat> One of the, uh, or just a couple of uh, places where the word is translated either uh, something other than deacon, uh, we have a scripture in Romans 16.1. Paul writing says, "I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church at Sardis." And that word "servant" is the same Greek word "diakonos." Diakonos, uh, basically, she's a deacon of the church. And I, I'm doubtful that she actually had any kind of office, official name, you know, title, or a, but she was a servant. She was a, she was. Uh, Ministering, uh, she was carrying out that kind of a, re, a, uh, a responsibility. Uh, also, if you turn to Ephesians chapter six, verse twenty-one, Ephesians six twenty-one and twenty two but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that ye might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts, and that uh, word minister. Uh, faithful minister is the same word again. Uh, deacon. Uh, and notice the, notice the, uh, the rest of the context here. Uh, Paul writing, you know, it was, it was a bit different in that day than it is now. To get a message to another congregation if you're in a distant town, you know, and to get a message to another congregation. How did you do it? You know, uh, or, you, uh, you know, we have so many more options available to us. So we can we can make a weekend trip uh, to clear across the United States in, in one weekend and touch base with people, communicate with them, connect with them and go back home Uh Or we can make a phone call, uh, or we can send an email. We we have a ton of ways that we can actually communicate and connect with people uh, that they didn't have in their day. And so I'm going to say that uh, Tychicus here was probably filling the role of a deacon. uh, And he actually uses that term uh, in that Paul sent him to the church at Ephesus Uh, to uh, to communicate and specifically like he says, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Uh, He sent him as a person to do something that today we would do ourselves. We'd jump on an airplane if it were that distance. We'd jump in a car and go that weekend trip and come back. Uh, We'd send an email. We'd make a phone call. Those weren't options in their day. And a deacon had they had uh, they had a job and a responsibility uh, that probably is different than what you know. Many times, uh, time brings change to the responsibility. Put it that way. Uh, so, um, Tychicus served Paul in that way. Uh, travel uh, traveled for him, made the connection for Paul to the ch- uh, church at Ephesus, and he actually. Uh, did the same thing for the, uh, the, Col- uh, church at Colossae, the Colossian believers. If you just turn a few pages, we'll see the same, uh, basically a similar idea. Um, Colossians 4 verse 7. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a faithful who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. Whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. Uh, very similar words that Paul had to the church at Ephesus. Uh, very similar idea. In fact, exactly the same. Uh, he sent Tychicus so that he could uh, make, let them know how, what Paul's state was. How things are going for Paul and, uh, and also he could comfort them and communicate and uh, minister. So there, and there we have that same, uh, word who is a faithful minister, uh, diaconus, a faithful minister, a faithful deacon, a fellow servant in the Lord. <coughs> in, uh, in Colossians 1 verse 7, We have another individual um, whom Paul also uh, gives the same uh, credentials. He says, As he also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. And that word minister, again, is the same word deacon, uh, diaconus. So we see the word uh, used in different places, um, the Greek word, and uh, realize that there were probably uh, some of those individuals were, no doubt filling that kind of a role, um, being doing things uh, on behalf of, uh, like in this case, on behalf of Paul which uh, the next uh, issue or the next scripture that we'll look at will indicate more of that same idea. The, uh, I'd like to go to Acts chapter 6, and uh, I'm going to say, look at the scripture, look at where the office of a deacon was established in the church, even though the word is not, deacon is not used in that context. Uh, it seems fairly clear that uh, that was what happened based on the responsibility, based on the situation and the response to the situation and uh, the responsibility that was filled, the roles that were filled here. And these are familiar. Uh, this is a familiar context to us. In Acts chapter 6 verse 1, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve, the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men, of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose and goes on and gives the number of men who they chose, or the names of the men. And then in verse 6, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them, And, verse 7, the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. I'm going to stop there. It goes on and gives the account of Stephen, who was one of those chosen for that responsibility. Um, Find him to be an evangelist who laid down his life for the gospel. Anyhow, there uh, though the term deacon is not used as such, it does seem like the responsibility given would fit that term. Uh, they had a problem. Uh, they had a housekeeping problem. I'll use that term. Uh, in other words... The church was born, the, the, the apostles were preaching everywhere they went, they were preaching and disciples were being added and, and like it is in anything new, a new venture, you, you, uh, you don't always figure everything out ahead of time and put everything in place ahead of time. You, you at times as you move along through, you have to, uh, respond to the needs as they come up and that's exactly what happened here the the church uh they were you know you can kind of picture them they're thrilled they're excited they're preaching the gospel souls are responding the the crowds are are uh, responding to the gospel and and uh yeah you go down the road a certain distance and and practical issues come up and that's to be expected that's life and that's uh, and it happened here. Practical issues came up. Uh, discontentment arose. Um, murmuring, uh, developed. And, uh, dissatisfaction. And, and, uh, we're, you know, yeah, we're, we're being missed in the deal here. And, and there's a problem. And, and so the church responded to that. And, uh, called forth these men to attend to the need and with a specific purpose to, to not have those who were, uh, and particularly in this case it was the apostles yet, but those who were focusing on preaching the word, focusing on, on prayer and so forth, to not have them distracted by the housekeeping responsibilities that came up in church life. And continue to be a part of church life because that is reality. There are housekeeping responsibilities uh, and always will be. They probably change some, like I said earlier, in, uh, in the fact that uh, responsibilities do change some with the change of culture and, and, uh, and change of our world we live in. Uh, Like we stated earlier, we we can communicate and connect in ways now that they couldn't then, and they probably had deacons doing some things that today really, in many ways, don't need to be done. Um, But still, plenty of housekeeping responsibilities in a church uh, experience. So the office of a deacon is one that uh, is, I would con- see it as a, a broad flexible office uh, some, and there's times when the responsibility of, of deacons and elders overlap and it's hard to draw a clear black and white line and say your responsibility is here and yours is here. Um, uh, it's yeah it's just not that way. You just can 't draw a clear black and white line though there are certain areas where it's clear you know such as uh, uh, teaching the Word of God. A, a deacon does not need to feel responsible at all for the teaching and preaching of the Word of God, where an elder does uh, so there are places where their gifts or their uh, callings are distinct, and there are places where their callings overlap in the in the congregation <clears throat> the ability to teach is not a qualification for a deacon though as in the case of stephen it didn't prevent him from preaching and it shouldn't prevent a gifted person from preaching if he has a gift and and a burden to do so um uh, In other words, we shouldn't just, uh, we shouldn't make a, I I don't feel we should make a, uh, set a boundary that a a deacon does not have the freedom to preach the word if he's burdened to do so at times and and gifted, but it's not at all an expectation in a deacon. And a deacon can be a good, excellent deacon and never preach a message. All right, I'd like to take a little bit of time and uh, just review some of the responsibilities that a deacon might uh, fulfill. Um, I don't consider this to be all inclusive, but uh, of course, the first one that comes up is that of financial the financial needs of the church. Uh, Handling the the church's finances, he is put in trust of the alms of the church, the gifts of the people, which is actually what uh, happened there in the book of Acts, very clearly. Oversees the uh, operating expenses of the church, its and its various efforts. Could be its mission efforts. Could be its uh, evangelism efforts. Uh, could be its uh, church building efforts, needs, whatever uh, needs there are in that sector. Uh, the financial needs of the people, you know, whether it's uh, widows or orphans or single moms or sick or injured or uh, unexpected expenses of hospital bills and losses by catastrophe and all those kind of things deacons have a responsibility to come alongside the people who are facing those kind of realities and be there for them, uh, minister to them, help them through, give bits of wisdom along the way, and... uh, give uh, care to the people in that way. A deacon might also assist members who are having difficulty managing their finances and uh, help them find solutions, such as uh, dealing with credit card debts. If you got those, uh, find a way to get out of them. Might uh, mean uh, helping them uh, yeah, deal with the problem consolidate high-interest debts to lower interest debts and figure out ways to set up budgets to, to, to uh, pay off the debts and all those kind of things that might uh, come up. A deacon might have a responsibility to, to uh, uh, investigate uh, bad business dealings if uh, they hear of such things going on in the church uh, where or... Uh, where there's unpaid bills and people aren't being financially responsible, uh, all the kinds of, just some of the kinds of things that a deacon might find himself uh, responsible to give assistance in um, and help people find their way through and out of uh, the uh, problem problematic situations. <clears throat> so offering financial oversight, um uh, where needed in and taking the financial responsibility of the church also a deacon uh his his role is to offer support to those who are facing difficulties you know whether it's sickness or injuries uh requiring hospital care to be there for them to be there to help them navigate hospital care uh, navigate hospital bills, finding suitable payment plans for those, uh, helping people answer the questions that come up when they're in the hospital, which they do. Questions do come up. Do we do this? Do we do that? Don't we do this? Don't we do that? Do we run this test? Don't we run this test? You know, all those kind of things that are very much a part of. Uh, life and and hospital experiences. Offering support when there's a death or a tragedy uh, in the church or in a family. Being there to offer, to help, to help uh, with funeral planning and all those kind of things, all the details that go into that. Uh, Deacons have a full... I'm going to say, a very full responsibility in those kind of uh, obligations. Deacons can also just simply fill a a role of of, uh, connecting with church families and and, uh, visiting church families and blessing them and encouraging them and supporting them in in life's journey. And also offering support and counsel to those who might be struggling spiritually and dealing with... uh, Issues in their lives that they're struggling to find their way through. <clears throat> so a deacon might uh, serve in those various ways in, in ministering to the people. Another thing that a deacon might uh, find necessary or might be useful uh, in, in, the con- in a congregation which was a part of, the, of uh, the situation in Acts chapter 6. And that is that of, uh, and I'll just say it this way, a deacon can be helpful in being a peacemaker in the, in the church, a peacemaker. The, Matthew says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And Hebrews twelve fourteen says, "Follow peace with all men and holiness, which without which no man shall see the Lord." And also in Matthew five twenty three tells us, "Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way and first be reconciled to thy brother and then." Come and offer thy gift. These verses highlight the importance of pursuing peace in our relationships in church life, and that was exact actually part of the problem in the book of Acts. They had they had murmurings going on uh, between the people, and. Uh, You know, we could say, well, just give them the get the money, problem solved, and the rest will be solved. Maybe, maybe, and maybe not. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we're not given more. But without a doubt, there was a murmuring problem. There was, a, uh, there was, a, there was a problem going on. Um, and I'm going to say, without a doubt, we'll probably find ourselves at times in situations where there's there's relational problems. And a deacon, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. I think blessed is the congregation that has a deacon who is gifted in making and helping develop, uh, bring about peace in situations like that. Helping to bring reconciliation into relationships that are uh, strained or broken. Uh, A blessed gift indeed. I don't know... If this format is always used uh, in in uh, i know, in i don't know how many churches use this format, but I was recently made aware and I, I kind of had an idea that it was this way but the Weaverland Conference their deacons would handle all uh all of those kind of issues in the church any any uh relational problems whatsoever. Is put in the lap of the deacon, any, even even carrying out uh, uh, the responsibility of of, of uh, I guess I'm going to use the word enforcing the church standards. It's actually put in the in the lap of, a, of deacons largely, uh, and the reason given that one of their deacons recently communicated uh, the reason given was that. They want their ministers to be able to get into the pulpit and preach the word, not having specific information about uh, situations in the congregation so that they can be free in their hearts and in their message to communicate the word of God and not be tempted to tiptoe around knowing what's uh, present in the congregation. And therefore, the deacons handle all those in-house situations. I don't know if uh, there are other congregations that handle it that way or not. But uh, there is a point there, uh, without a doubt, uh, there is a point there. Because if a, if a, uh, a minister or a brother who is uh, preaching the word and is focusing on studying a message and preparing a message and he has a whole catalog of another situation in his heart and in his mind, it can be an interesting scenario to uh, lay that one down and focus on study of the Word of God. Or, or even uh, it can be an interesting scenario to come upon a scripture and realize, you know what, how do I communicate this one? Because somebody could take, could uh, misunderstand me or because uh, of a given situation. Whereas if the minister knows nothing basically of the situation, no inside details per se, he can take that scripture and he can open it up and he can open up for what the scripture says. And he's free to do it because he. he. So it's it's a, it's a concept that I recently heard about from the Weaverland conference. And uh, I am going to say they probably have at least some wisdom there that could be considered. Uh, and how we divvy out the responsibilities in our churches. So a peacemaker, uh, a deacon might uh, find himself needing to fill the role of a peacemaker and bringing uh, reconciliation, helping bring reconciliation in church matters and church life and church realities. Also, a deacon might... uh, uh, give assistance to the elders in various ways. <clears throat> and again, the general housekeeping of church uh, uh, church life. Uh, there's always those um, church activities. You know, we have our annual church hike. And this year we were complaining a little bit that no one was overseeing it. Maybe we need a deacon. <laughs> uh, we have our church camp we have uh, uh we have brothers' prayer meetings we have uh, i could have said sisters' meetings, but that's not really a deacon's place to uh, We'll let the deacon's wife do that. but you know there's various things about church life and uh um, that it's good for someone to kind of Make it carry that responsibility and and even though and it doesn 't necessarily mean the person has to do everything, but it means the person sees that somebody's doing it is really the long and short of it uh, a deacon doesn 't have to do everything a manager a, a, a housekeeper doesn 't necessarily do everything but manages and makes sure that it gets done um, and so that that can apply in various ways too. <coughs> A deacon might interview those who uh, want to become a part of the brotherhood or sit with an elder as they are interviewed. Uh, a deacon might uh, give teaching uh, to baptism, baptismal applicants, those who are desiring baptism. A uh, deacon might assist in baptisms or in communion services and special meetings and such, um, just various ways in which a deacon can assist in a in a congregation and uh, take the load off of uh, some of the practical load off of uh, elders <clears throat> another area that a deacon might carry a responsibility and i think probably should that uh, paul never mentioned didn't need to address in his day and our grandfathers didn't need to address in their day, but today we need to address it. Uh, perhaps a deacon would uh, fill a role of uh, providing tech use accountability. In other words, uh, and again, like I said, it doesn't mean a person has to do everything, but we might oversee the fact and make sure that as a congregation... Technology and these uh, devices that we have so readily available to us are being used in an appropriate, God-fearing, God-honoring way. Uh, that is a, an area I believe a deacon could fill and give, uh, give help to a congregation. Um, and that's an area where, that's, a, that's one of the examples of where things change in time. Uh, If we'd have brought that up in the early church and talked about tech use, they wouldn't have known what we're talking about. And neither would we. (laughs) But uh, today is a different story. I would guess, I think I I can say it's likely an accurate statement that uh, the greatest issue facing Christians today is the use of tech devices or the misuse of them and uh, it's one area where a deacon can serve and help make sure that uh, we have uh, appropriate boundaries in our lives and that we are minding those boundaries and that uh, that we have safeguards in place to uh, protect us from uh, some of the inherent evil and dangers that are there. <clears throat> so a the deacon might provide that kind of uh input for us. And there's always then the uh that uh, general idea serving the uh, you know thinking of a deacon serving the church in the various capacities that we might not even think of, you know, when it comes time to uh purchase a building or, or uh, a need to suppose we got a, got a, got a notice that we've got to find another meeting place and who do, who do we look to? Well, let's look to the deacon. He can go and scrounge up the next possible opportunity where we can meet, you know, those kind of things that, that uh, would immediately fall on the, on the lap of a deacon and, and search out the opportunities building needs, purchasing, renting, whatever, what opportunities there are. Uh, Serving the church in various capacities as required, and those things can change. Uh, Outreach work. Deacons can serve in helping get outreach work going or, or facilitate outreach work or even generate an interest in outreach work and those kind of things. Those are a few ways in which a deacon uh, uh, can serve a congregation. Like I said, I think there's probably many more and I would be glad to hear if you thought of something that uh, I didn't uh, mention. But I'd like to uh, wrap it up with uh, the scripture there in Acts. Again, I read the verse when I read Acts 6. I finished up, I believe, in verse 7. Verse uh, But after they had all those men in place, they had called those seven men to fill their responsibilities, then we have this testimony. And, you know, I don't know the time frame. I didn't investigate the time frame uh, when Stephen, how long Stephen's life was after he was called to that responsibility until they stoned him. Uh, But, Uh, So I don't know the time frame, but we are told immediately after they, they put those men in place and laid hands on them and gave them a charge and a responsibility. uh, In Acts 6 verse 7, the next words are, and the word of the Lord, and the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. And so, that is the testimony of the early church, that as they put those responsibilities in place, uh, took care of the needs among them, uh, put uh, in place brethren with responsibility to attend to those needs, uh, the word of God increased and believers were added and the church prospered. And I'd like to think that, uh, that the Lord will still do that. If the, uh, as we endeavor to continue to follow, in His leading and put in place the uh, necessary uh, responsible uh, individuals to carry out uh, responsibilities among us, that um, that God will continue to add believers and 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 uh, and help us to be effective in our day, and in the lives of those that we uh, reach out to and touch. So, um, I encourage us to continue to pray for God to make His will known to us. He has a will. He has a plan. And we just need to discover that. And, uh, so keep, uh, keep continue to pray that way. And we'll trust, uh, trust God to be a faithful father to us like He's been. Just bow your heads a moment. We'll close with prayer. Father, again, thank you today for the scriptures we have and the practical uh, instruction it gives us. Thank you for this assembly and all that are here again this morning. Thank you for those who are a part of us that are not present today. And as we continue to seek your will and guidance in uh, calling forth A brother to the responsibility of deacon, we just again ask, Lord, open our hearts to hear and understand uh, whom you are uh, preparing for this work. Uh, Guide us in it, lay it upon our hearts, and uh, provide for us in that way, Father. And we know you desire to do that, and we we are uh, confident of that, and we thank you for it. Again, thank you for the freedom in this country to gather in uh, worship undisturbed by governments. Uh, We pray for our governments. We pray a blessing on them in the office they fill. Uh, We know they're not there by mistake. You are the one who oversees those things as well. And we pray that uh, you would continue to put in uh, places of of responsibility in our country, those who will do your will and uh, in that uh, they will govern according to your uh, eternal plan. Father, again, thank you. Continue to bless and keep us and guide us in your truth and in your will, we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.